The third chapter, Perak of Shabbos, of the Mishnah of Shabbos, deals with one of the most practical and important rules of Shabbos, which is the prohibition of cooking on Shabbos and all the rabbinic decrees that make up the very complicated laws of the Shabbos kitchen. Because, of course, there's a mitzvah to have hot food on Shabbos. One is supposed to have enjoy, have onig Shabbos, have enjoyment from the food, so the food is supposed to be hot. But one can cook in Shabbos, and there are very specific ways of how to heat up food on Shabbos. And what makes matters more complicated is that both in the Mishnah and in the Gemara, the way the laws are presented are, first of all, very complicated, especially in the Gemara, and not so applicable to modern kitchens. So obviously we're just learning the Mishnah together, so we're going to just basically focus on learning and understanding the Mishnah, and I will just talk about halachic things very, very briefly, but obviously... It's beyond the span of this to be able to really get into details of the laws of cooking on Shabbos. But we did already have cause to mention in a previous chapter that the main issue that the rabbis were concerned with, first of all, of course, food has to be cooked before Shabbos. In order to leave it on the fire before Shabbos starts, the food has to be cooked before Shabbos. As we said, like that bandit, the robber called Ben Drusoy, who would have his cook his food cooked half or a third. But of course, we make sure to try to have the food cooked before Shabbos. That's the first thing to be able to have it, to put it, keep it on the fire before Shabbos starts. Even though, again, there are other opinions, but we're talking about what's according to the way the halacha follows. So the food has to definitely be cooked before Shabbos. But even though you're cooked, the food is already cooked, half or a third, whatever, and you put it on the fire, but the sages were concerned that, let's say you would see that the food is not cooking fast enough or the fire is dwindling, they were concerned that somebody would come into the kitchen and absentmindedly play around with the coals, yechata begecholim, stoke the coals, make the fire bigger, not because, forget it, the Shabbos, and inadvertently kindle the flames and go against the prohibition of kindling and cooking on Shabbos. So therefore the sages mandated, made a rabbinic decree, that even though the food is cooked before Shabbos, but you can't leave food on a fire without first covering the coals or doing something to make sure that you're not going to come to stoke the coals. Let's see the mission inside. Kira, now a kira is translated as a double stove. In tomorrow's Mishnah, the next Mishnah will see that the contrast to other things. But right now, let's just leave it that a kira is a double stove. Ramosha Feinstein of blessed memory in one of his earliest responsa, Ramosha Feinstein, who was the halachic authority for America the second half of the 20th century, he was one of the first ones to say that the modern stoves and ovens very much correspond to the kira, which is the Mishnah's version of a double stove. But we'll talk about it more tomorrow. So a double stove, a kira, a stove that was heated with straw or with stubble, meaning things that easily burn. And there's not, and one is, you don't have to be afraid that somebody's going to stoke the flames because when it's just straw stubble, there's not much to stoke. So so you could place a cooked food upon it and you don't have to be concerned. The sages didn't decree since it's just straw and stubble. They didn't decree that you're going to stoke it. There's not much to stoke. But if the Kira, the double stove, was heated with gefes. Gefes means branches from olive trees that have already been pressed, so like branches, sort of like 
pieces of wood, big pieces of wood, bigger pieces of wood, and that means really big pieces of wood. So in other words, things that make coals and that, you know, when you make a fire out of wood, sometimes you need to stoke it. So then the sages were concerned that if you leave the food at the top shield on wood or these branches and stuff, and then the fire is not going to catch because they were concerned you would stoke the flame. So you can't put the top shield on it until one has swept away the coals or you put ashes over the coals to make sure that thereby your masir das, you're removing your thoughts from it and therefore by putting the ashes over it or removing the coals, that's going to ensure that you're not going to stoke the coals on Shabbos. Now again, there are a lot of very complicated details, so therefore the custom in all Jewish homes in today's ovens, like Ramesha Feinstein said, that it has a law of Akira, is that we put a blech, which is a tin uh, thing, a tin sheet over the flame, that there should be something concealing the flame in order to exactly take care of this rabbinic decree to make sure not to stoke the coals. There are also some that are machmir, that are stringent to cover the knobs, on the oven, because in today's day and age, it's the knobs that you turn that make the fire greater. So if you really want to go in the logic of the Mishnah, what we would do today is not stoke coals, we would turn a knob. So some people are careful to also turn, to cover the knob on Shabbos, that would be the equivalent of uh, sweeping away the coals, etc. Now, even if all these conditions are met, Beishamai has a very big stringency. Even in that case, you could put hot water, but not cooked food. Because Beishamah is concerned, even with all those conditions, he's still afraid, Beishamah is still afraid that maybe a person's going to make the fire greater. When it comes to hot water, you don't have that issue. But therefore, Beishamah is machmer that you could never leave cooked food on a stove. But Beis Hillel is makel, is lenient, and obviously halacha follows a Beis Hillel, oimrim, chamen, vitavshil. You could put cooked food and hot water. And now, within that stringency of only hot water, Beishamah adds another stringency. You could take the hot water from the fire, from the covered fire. Obviously, you have to cover it with even when it comes to that water, but you can never put it back. Once you take it off, you can never put it back. Now, Beis Hill has a double leniency which Halacha follows, which is, if you have the oven covered with a blech, then not only could you take the hot food, not just hot water, but you, you could have the hot water on the blech, on this tin covering the fire, and you could also take it off and put it back on the blech. And that is halacha we do follow. If you want to raid the cholent Friday night, if you're a shiva bacher, you know what it means Friday night, you want to raid the cholent. So you want to take it off the fire, you take it off the blech, but halacha is you have to hold on to it, you can't put it down completely, you have to leave your hand on it, and you have to have in mind that you want to put it back. And then Basil says you could actually put it back as long as it's still as hot as it was and there's a blech and you left your hand on it and you had an intention to put it back then you Beis Hill says Af and you could even take it off and put it back on the stove as well